Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. All right, Mark chapter 2 and verse 1. Last week, we uh, started talking about why church is important. And uh, this week, we're, we're going to continue. And, you know, as I prayed about it, I, I really f- felt the Lord begin to unpack this, this particular text in my heart. And uh, I believe in a lot of ways it demonstrates what church is really supposed to be all about. Mark chapter 2. And uh, let me pray. Father, open eyes and ears, God. May they hear more than I say. May they hear what the spirit of the living God is saying to them about their role in the church. And, and, and God, begin to create the righteous enthusiasm, Lord, for everything holy, everything sacred. And we give you all the honor for it. And we all say, amen. amen. And again, he entered Capernaum after some days. And it was heard that he was in the house. Now, this may disappoint you, but um, I I need to make a confession. I don't know all the mysteries of the universe. Now, none of y'all are supposed to be surprised about that. But but here's how deep it goes. I've been married for 24 years. Yeah, that's good. But I yeah, but I still can't figure out my wife. I mean, every time I think I got her figured out. She changes up just to keep me off balance. So, you know, if I can barely even figure out my wife, you know there's some things I haven't gotten sorted out yet in the universe. And I've pastored for over 20 years, but still people surprise me weekly. You would think that there'd be no more surprise. I've seen it all. But every week I get a new one. Here's what I learned. My job as a pastor is not always to have everything figured out, but it's to create an environment where the one who does have everything figured out, the person who has all the answers, to create an environment where he can show up every week and meet each of us personally. It says it was heard, and I pray that that's what people say about Grace Church. It was heard that he was in the house. If you're looking for a healer, if you're looking for a savior, if you're looking for a comforter, a deliverer, a friend, I'm glad you're here this morning because he's in this house. It says immediately many gathered together. They gathered because Jesus was in the house. That's why you're here this morning. That's why many of us are live streaming. Not because this church or any church always does everything right, but because we know Jesus is in this house. When I select a church, I'm not just looking at the color of the carpet. I'm not just looking at the parking. I'm not just looking at the children's department. The fundamental question I am asked is Jesus Christ in the place. So immediately when they found out Jesus was in the house, Many gathered together that there was no longer any room to receive them. And if this was about Grace Church, they'd probably say there was no longer any room for all of them to park their cars on site. <laughs> and then they said, even near the door, at Grace Church would be especially near the door, 
because most of us have to park across the street, others of us a mile down the road. But what comforted me about this scripture is Jesus had logistical problems too, but it didn't stop him or the people who were hungry for God's word to show up at the house. And it says, he preached the word to them. Some people criticize me and I will accept that criticism gladly because I realize really, I'm really, I'm a one trick pony, if you will. I don't have a whole lot of special things to say, but you can count on one thing. I will preach God's word. That's important. You see, in my life, I have tried it and I have found God to be faithful. You know, as the song said, I searched all over, couldn't find nobody. You hear what I'm saying? And I found this word to be able to change my life and, and, and to impact my destiny, deal with very, very difficult issues. And, and I found it to be true. So when I come before you, I don't just have a dance and a song. I got to get into what thus saith the word of the living God, because that's where the power is. That's where the strength, when you get this word, you, you, you get the very foundation of change, transformation, and everything that God has for you. Well, they came to the house and didn't say he sang a song and didn't say he, he read a poem. He preached the word to them. But then in verse 3 it says, Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. This verse is important because there's no such thing as a self-made person. That's a myth. You and I only exist because we carry the DNA of hundreds of our ancestors. In fact, every kind deed, every word of encouragement, even the bullies that picked on me when I was a kid, every mountain that I had to climb was material God used to make me stronger and into the person I am today. Nobody gets here by themselves. He said he was carried by four men it's this paralytic here. And the point I want to make to you this morning is the only reason this paralyzed man got to Jesus was not because he figured something out or, or did it on his, on his own. The reason he was able to get to Jesus was because he had four strong men in his life. If these four men never got together, if they never got on the same team, if they never found a way to cooperate, this paralyzed man would have never gotten better. And his story would have never been written. This is why church is so important. You know, individually we could do a little, but together we could do so much more. And we all have a part to play in one another's story. My hope is that this church becomes like those four men, that we see people in need and we're willing to carry them to Jesus, not just to the pastor, not just to, to, to the, but to Jesus. This is the function and the role of the church. This is why we combine resources. 
There's power when we worship together. You know, I, I worship God by myself, alone in my car, but it's so much better when Arthur's singing the song than when I am. It, it's so much better when Shani takes hold of a lyric than, than when I do. And, and it's amazing how when, when they sing it, it inspires me and, and it brings out the worshiper in me. And, and when I watch others serve, it brings out the server in me. And, and when we come together, we begin to bring out the very best in each other and, and, and things you just can't have alone happen when we unite. I don't know that one man would have had the strength in this particular scenario because this was a grown man to carry the paralyzed man to Jesus. But because the task was heavy and big, it took four. Now here's the deal. We have a world that's paralyzed. We have a world that's stuck. And it's looking for some strong men and women that would unite behind a vision and, 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 and pool their strength and resources to grab them and bring them to the only person that can help. Again, it says he was carried by four men. In 1918, there was a boy named Howard. And Howard happened to be abandoned by his mother, and uh, he was sent to Father Flanagan's home for boys. Many of you heard this, this story. Howard happened to have had polio, and he wore leg braces as, as the result of, of his sickness. And getting up and down the stairs at the boys' club was, was very, very difficult. So over time, some of the older boys began carrying Howard up and down the steps of the boys' club. Then one day, you know, Father Flanagan had, had watched what had, had been transpiring, you know, uh, day after day. And he finally asked one of the boys, he said, uh, you know, is it hard carrying Howard up and down these steps every day? And one of the boys responded, he ain't heavy, Father. He's my brother. Amen. That's church. That's what all of this, that's what the buildings, that's what this, all of this is about. Helping our brother and sister get to where they need to go. And in this case, into the presence of the master. And when they could not come to him because of the crowd, ever have some legitimate needs of others kind of crowd out your own needs. Maybe it's raising children, loving that, 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 that draining spouse. You know, I don't have that, but you know, other folks. <laughs> or maybe going, going to that job that leaves you on your last nerve at the end of the day. Yeah. True friends, though, will always find a way to help. But fake friends will find an excuse. That's what church is all about. It's not just about the preaching behind the pulpit. It's what happens in the foyer. It's what happens during the week. It's, it's, it's about you being able to call one of your brothers and say, can you pray for me? I'm having some problems in, with, with my husband. I'm having some problems with my children. 
You know what? I'm thinking right now about, about stepping off the ledge. Can you talk me down? Can, 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 you have five minutes to give me a reason to keep going on. This is what church is all, it's about a community of people coming together to do what none of us could do by ourselves. I might be the captain of the team, but I'm not the team. It takes all of us, each of us doing our parts to get the job done. And it says these four men uncovered the roof. So, well, again, they, they came, they, they couldn't go through the door because of the crowd. So, you know, on, on these houses, there were steps that led to the roof. And actually, they would sit on the roof at times and, and the rest. So they, they walked up the steps and they, they started pondering, how, how are we going to get this individual? And by the way, that's what I think about all week. Lord, what would you anoint? What would you touch to get people to Jesus this week? Do you understand? And that's a whole goal. So maybe they prayed and meditated. The Bible doesn't say, I don't know. The Bible said... They uncovered the roof. Literally, they began to dig a hole through this mud house where Jesus was. And here's the deal. It's important to get some people in your life that won't take no for an answer, particularly when it comes to getting you back on your feet. You see, people may see my struggle or our struggle, but by God's grace, they will never see us give up. And we may not have all the size and all the strength to, to, in, in the natural to, to get done, but, we, but, but there's someone pulling with us. You hear what I'm saying? And, and we, we're going to trust him. And with the strength we do have, we are pulling for you. I want you to win. I want you to succeed. I want you to receive what you need from your Jesus. That's the reason we do every single thing that we do. So when, watch this, they had broken through. Yeah, I know you're strong and everything, but we get by with a little help from our friends. This man's breakthrough didn't come out of his own prayer time. It came out of four people who decided to care about his needs. Four people that wouldn't give in to an excuse Four people that said, I will do whatever it takes to make sure this man gets what he needs. Four people that, that didn't just have themselves on their minds. Four people that cared, coordinated, got together, and, and did what it took to get this man help. What's awesome here is not only did these four men help, that one man was willing to receive their help. What I'm learning in my older age is I'm not to be shy to ask for help. It doesn't make you weak, it just makes you wise. So when they had broken through, and what I'm trying to say is, I know you're strong, I know you love the Lord, but for you to break through what you need to break through, it's gonna require some other people along your side. We need one another. The Bible says that two or three agree. Didn't say one of y'all. The Bible said the gates of hell. Doesn't say the gates of hell will not prevail against you. That's not, you're reading it wrong. He said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. 
The ecclesias are called out people that come together and unite behind a single purpose, giving glory to Jesus. The Bible says if, if one puts a thousand to flight, two puts 10,000, meaning us coming together has an exponential impact. That's why the adversary wants you by yourself. That's why the, because he knows if he could get the sheep by himself separated from the flock, the wolf's going to eat you. He also knows that it's only as we come together that that exponential strength can manifest. So, you know, we love the individual and, and there's a place for some level of individualism, but the church is community. And all of us need to be part of a larger community because we all need help. Imagine, now I know we live in a different world now, but imagine if I had to grow all my vegetables. Imagine if I had to raise all my animals. Imagine if everything in my life was up to me. If I had one crop failure, I'm in trouble. If my cows get diseased for just one season, I can't eat all summer. Today, you know, because of the supermarket and the rest, we have the privilege, and a lot of times we don't really realize the privilege of not having to do it on our own, all of it on our own. And what I'm getting at is we're all going to have some tough days. Some days where you can't really seem to enter his presence on your own. Some days, even though you're reading the Bible daily, you don't get it. You need someone to walk you through it. We're all going to have those moments. And the only way you make it through those moments is being part of a community, of not people who get it always, always get it right. That just doesn't happen. It doesn't, we gotta, you got to die and go to the other side of glory before that happens. That's just not going to happen on this side of glory. As long as you're dealing with people, there's going to be trouble. There's going to be problems, okay? But we need each other. A writer once said that the human beings are like porcupines in the cold. Because of the cold, they need each other. They got to huddle together for the heat. But then they prick each other in the huddle. But here's the deal. I'd rather a little prick than to be frozen. You hear what I'm saying? And dead. So people will prick your nerves. I will prick your nerve. But we need each other to keep warm. And it's very, 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 very cold and isolating world. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was, was lying. They brought the man to Jesus just the way he was. They didn't clean him up, fix him up, they didn't do any of that. You see, religion says God will only love you if you change. The gospel says God loves me already. His grace will help me change. So come to him as you are. Believe me, there's going to be some changes, some shifting. But he loved you as the mess you are. So, you know, even if you improved only an inch, still, he, is that going to make you love you less? I mean, if he's already loved you at your worst, even though you don't have it all right yet, is he going to love you any less? It says... When Jesus saw their faith, and this is not in the Bible, but this is the way I read it. I think one of them probably was a Republican. <laughs> I think another one of them was probably a Democrat. 
I'm sure one of them had to be a Hispanic. Another of them uh, had to have been a Korean. There was probably a Caucasian in the group and certainly an African-American. But when Jesus saw their faith demonstrated in their uniting and willingness to overcome their distinctions, overcome personality differences, overcome the various backgrounds, the point was not, I see things differently than you, the point was the paralyzed man. And we have people of all different backgrounds here. And if that stops you, you got a problem. Because the issue is not us, it's the people we're trying to reach. And we got to get past these doggone distinctions and do what God called us to do. Whenever you have more than one person, you got problems. Somebody, I'm sure, out of the four was trying to be the boss. Out of the four, someone was probably being just a little bit lazy. Someone was probably saying, well, I want to go through the window. The other was saying they would want to go through the roof. But, but here's the deal. They worked it all out. Yes. What I'm saying is church is working it all out. Because yes. you're going to want to go left when other folks go on right. The stuff's going to happen because people are messy with, with people. But if you submit to the process, somebody's going to get well. And someone's going to get to Jesus. That's why we got to put up with each other. That's why we got to keep loving on it, even though you're a different party. Even though, you know what, you, you, you see some things differently than, than perhaps I do. But you know what, it's not just about little me and little you. It's about a world going to hell in a handbag out there. Dear God, imagine being a teenager today. I can't even fathom it. But here we have the grown-ups fighting with each other because of personality and all the rest, and our kids are going straight to hell. We got to get past ourselves over ourselves and create an environment every Sunday where people can come and find salvation and, and help and covering and refuge and, and forgiveness and mercy. I don't, again, have all the answers for all the particulars in your life. But my goal as a pastor is, again, to create an environment where you could come, where even though people get on each other's nerves, they stick it out and we keep loving on each other. We keep learning and we keep getting better. My, my job is just to coach you to, to, to keep this thing together so Christ can show himself strong. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.